The following audio presentation may contain mature language, situations, and violence. Listener discretion is advised. Previously on Edict Zero FIS. Mr. Cantera. Who's that? I'm Nick Garrett. Rupert Cantera was an asset of the agency from 2355 to 2374. The death of the only self you know is an event which you believe final and consequently unique, yes. But understand, sir, that I have witnessed it twice before. You are Agent Benjamin Zerr. I am. You will come this way, please, to your new director, Edict One Ambassador to Edict. An infiltration of this unit of agents would be suitable, so we may better monitor their activities. Should we bring Agent Zorn out of stasis for a conference? I believe more time to settle into his post is in order. Some things can only be understood through becoming them, and it's too late. We've lost ourselves. There's no going back to who we once were. Someone who would have been better off not understanding. Listen, uh, I know I probably shouldn't bring up the past, but I want you to know... Uh, I have another call. Um, I'll talk to you later. That I'm sorry. That girl has quite a haunting face. Haunted eyes. Windows to the soul, they say. Yeah, they remind me of yours, Jules. To a hostage situation. One involving a captor. Perhaps when you were a child. How do you know about that? It's Garrett. He has a good track record, except with people and politics. He also has a pretty tragic past, and that might be another reason that he's so messed up. You have to be able to relate with him. His wife and his little girl, they died. Very sad. What is it, Agent Garrett? Is this a testament that you've gone off the deep end? Is this a cry for help? And focus on your pattern of risk-taking behavior. There's risk in all things. It's a matter for which ones you accept. If you want to kill yourself because you can't deal with living fine, you do what you gotta do, but you don't do it on my watch, and you don't take anybody with you. Now, why would I want to kill myself? This is an FFDE ordered by my office. Ah, you doubt my fitness for duty. Captain Socrates? We believe that he professed to be Robert Tell in the past. Oh, well, that does sound to me like someone the captain would identify with. The central Harlan Hill building is steeped on the headlands of the cliffs of Irving. Robert Tell somehow found a way out onto a fourth floor ledge and swan dived into the York Channel. That sounds like an emergency lockdown. We have a problem. Captain! Captain Socrates! The captain may be trying to recreate Robert Tell's death, and Agent Garrett... Agent Garrett... Oh no! Don't do it! This isn't you! I know who I am! I am all of them. No! 20 seconds after the patient dropped off the ledge, someone else did the same. Hmm. Ah! Oh my god. Oh. He. Oh, why? Agent Carrot jumped. He jumped. He jumped.
Capital City, FIF's headquarters, Operations Command Center, Thursday, January 15, 2415. sweeping the channel for a visual. They haven't been successful yet. I know we have Ariel in the area, but what about other primary tactical? Have we heard back from them? Tactical Unit 8 operates in that area and has an amphibian squad they could deploy. Well, TU-8 did reply, and their 20 is far east in the burn sound. But we had immediate E-4 responders and plenty of naval support for E-3 in proximity. Now assisting. I would prefer greater involvement of our assets. The DOS are so well equipped for maritime operations that I'm surprised there hasn't been more progress. They've been patched into our armos for the past hour. Then again, they're running ops in the dead of night with only intermittent real-time tracking to locate S.A. Garrett. Very intermittent. Water interferes with the signal. Moving water especially. Yes, more than I was led to believe. This is my first experience with this scenario. They can track using the predictions based on previous coordinates, uh, the timestamps, and the velocity of the current in the York Channel. AD Dockstater, are you still with us? Yes, yes I am. Yes, I have the FSNF on another connection. An agent Resnick would be correct about the leading strategy. They've calculated a trajectory, and they're maneuvering ahead of it. So, they're depending on a visual or a blip of the signal at just the right time? It's been ten minutes since we saw the last one. The chip is transmitting, or trying to. Because it is, they'll be able to pick it up at short range and amplify the signal for the divers. I've just received word that a zone has been secured near the Northgate Bridge for an intercept and recovery of Agent Garrett. Recovery? This is no longer classified as a rescue operation? I misspoke. This is still a rescue op, but I can't help being realistic. If the details relayed to me are accurate, Special Agent Garrett took an 80 to 100 foot dive before hitting the water. That's about as unforgiving as the waters of the channel itself. If he were conscious, it stands to reason that he would be trying to swim ashore. There would be deviations that can't be accounted for in predicting his course. The prediction has been spot on. Every time that we do catch a signal, it means that he's near the surface. If he drowned, he would have sank to the bottom and we would have nothing. In the York Channel, not necessarily. He could be clinging to something. Or he's conserving his energy and trying to remain afloat. To survive. Do you honestly believe that Garrett took this action with that intent? That's not what I've read from this. I can only speculate about Agent Garrett's motivations, but I would like to think so, yes. From what I see through my link-up, we have no vitals, correct? If the agent were deceased, there would still be diagnostics. We have none, nothing. All that indicates is that there's a malfunction in the chip or its opportunities to transmit are too brief. 
It tells us nothing about Agent Garrett's condition, one way or another. Then there's hope. I have to switch to another channel. However, I'll be available through other means. Inform me of any new developments as they happen, but I will be monitoring OCC and Armos all the while. Yes, Assistant Director. Agent Resnick. Briggs! I made it down here as fast as I could. What's going on? I've been messaging you like crazy for updates, but you stopped responding. That's because there has been nothing new to report. Agent Garrett? We should know something soon. Well, this shouldn't have happened. It should have been me. What should have been you? The one who leaped off a building? Why would you say that? No, I should have been the one to go with Jules, not Garrett. If it weren't for the fiasco with the damn OIG, I at least would have been there. I should have been there. I should have. You couldn't have known that Agent Garrett would have done something insane like this. Oh no. After what happened at Nemtex, then with the Wasps, then with confronting Neil Practor on his own, it was only a matter of time before the next incident. How well were you able to stop him before? There isn't anything you could have done. He slipped away from the others without word. You know how he is? That's just the point. How's Jules taking this? She blames herself, just as you're doing. I've been trying to call her. I haven't been able to get through. She's with the naval units. They're in position, with ops in the water to receive. Federal Security Naval Cutter. UF-83S-39 Michael Hollis. The Yark Channel. Near the North Gate Bridge. Captain Socrates. Do we have any new insight from the surveillance system how he made it out there? Cameras monitoring two locked rooms caught him running through their views. There were also disturbances in a row of patient rooms on the fourth floor. One witness described a man who ran through his room, leaping through one wall and then through another. Through the wall. He witnessed the captain smashing through walls? Is there evidence? No, he didn't break through them. He, uh, passed through them like a ghost. The witness is no stranger to hallucinations. And isn't the most credible, but other patients affected described a fast-moving figure and heard scrambling feet. Lovely. One hall camera caught a flash of a shadow from someone passing just out of view near the utility rooms. There's corroboration and there's there's no other explanation how he escaped the lockdown stairwell. I'd be skeptical if I didn't know that the captain could spontaneously eject his ID implant from his body. Not to mention cause a dozen locks to release when he freed himself from the chains and shackles. The strangeness never ends. You make it sound like telekinesis. He probably picked them beforehand. There's no telling what skills he has. You'll open yourself to the possibility that he can phase through walls, but you won't buy telekinesis? Touche. Has there been any sign of the captain? No, we have a bulletin out through the fugitive alert system in case he miraculously survived. We've had E4 assisting here, searching the waters. All we've turned up in this area was Agent Garrett's cell phone, which he fumbled shortly before he jumped. Yes. <laughs> When I called him, 
What's your status there? Is there any news on Garrett? Not yet. Given the attitude the DOS gave us, I was surprised that the Navy let you go along with them. It was grudgingly. They made it clear that I'm only here to confirm identification. At the moment, we're under the Northgate Bridge on the east side. The ships have the channel lit up. It's almost blinding. Divers dropped in a few minutes ago. Uh, um, it looks like something is going on right now. There's a lot more activity all of a sudden. What do you mean? Some of the ships are leaving. They may have found something. Stand by, I'll let you know. Special Agent Kurtzer. Yes. We'll be moving position to continue the search and rescue effort for E3. This phase has come to an end. I don't understand. Isn't that premature? What about the signal? We've recovered the chip from your missing agent, Special Agent Garrett. Was the FIS aware that the implant was extracted? If so, we were not informed and precious search time has been lost. What? Th no! You only found his chip? Yes, ma'am. They were designed to float to aid in recovering the remains of agents lost at sea. Usually long after the fact when the body decays and freezes. He hasn't been in the water for that long. Correct, ma'am. The implant was extracted, carried by the currents down the channel. That's what we have recovered. That's why you had no diagnostic readings. Wasn't in his body. You are listening to Edict Zero, FIS, the science fiction audio drama series. Starring Julie Hoverson, Phil Rossi, Tanya Milojevic, Russell Gold, Michael Hudson, Matthew McLean, and creator Jack Kincaid. United Federation Medical Center, Harbor View Facility, Orthopedics, Recovery Ward 3, Room of Patient John Braddock, Friday, January 16, 2415, Time, 636 AM. Uh. Huh. Cora, good morning. John. I stopped by the nurse's station, and they told me you were awake. You're just in time for breakfast. Hospital food. Mmm. Hungry? I'm not. You've been here since last Sunday. That's, what, 11 days? Yeah, well, it feels like a hell of a lot longer. I want out. If I know you, you wanted out a week ago. You know I did. You were here, remember? For a little while, anyway. Before I, uh... Before I was, uh... An asshole. Before I misdirected frustration? By being an asshole. Yes, I remember. I understood. The doctor was driving me nuts with his tests. Still is. Say I can walk out of here tomorrow. Then I'll come back for the, uh installation of the, you know. The arm. The prosthetic arm. They'll configure it and I'll be back many more times for PT. It ought to be a real hoot. You meant bionic arm. Yeah, I think that's called a euphemism. I'm sorry that you have to go through this. Why are you sorry? If anybody should be sorry, it's Nick. Do you blame him? 
My answer right now is no. I don't blame him. Man, maybe that'll change when I come down from the pain meds. Whatever they are. They're good? Very. And he couldn't have foreseen this. He thought that he was doing the right thing at Nemtech. I know I was doing the right thing by going in after him. It's the job. Yes. It's the job. Have you talked to him since? He hasn't dropped by, no. Doesn't surprise me. I hear your unit has been busy in the field. <laughs> he... He did send me a consort last night right here in the damn hospital. I didn't know at first because she was dressed like a nurse. Probably his idea so as to have the element of surprise. I figured it was his version of a get well card. I sent her away. He made an effort anyway. That doesn't seem like much effort to me. I don't know about that. Do you know how hard it is to find a federal consort with a security clearance that high? And one I haven't met? Oh, I do know. You're not the only one with needs. I didn't say I was. You've been known to forget. And getting taken care of that way sure beats the bullshit of the alternative, doesn't it? You know, that emotional thing That depends on who's causing the bullshit. Either way, no arguments. Except over rates. You think we're arguing right now? No, I didn't think that. Do you think that? Are we? No, and that is not why I came here. You came to see how I was doing. I appreciate it. Thanks. I came to talk to you about Agent Garrett. Huh. Oh, man. I've been waiting for this. I can't help you with controlling him. He does his thing, and he does it best when he's alone. Any time that he's ever been assigned a case with other agents, it ratchets up his crazy. It worsens his disregard to standard procedure and operating It's not as... that. What is it? What about Nick? I didn't want you to hear this from just anyone. Hear what? What did he do this time? He is missing. He has been missing since last night. That's nothing new. There's nothing earth-shattering about that. Use our No, moss. John... His implant was extracted. How? We don't know. He jumped off a ledge at Harlan Hill Sanitarium and what? went missing in the Yorick Channel. Wait, what do you mean, he jumped off a ledge? What's the freaking context here? What the hell are you saying? No, no, no. If you're talking suicide, he wouldn't do that. Not like that. Not directly. We don't know for sure. It may be that... He risked not surviving so that he could pursue a patient who jumped not long before. There's been no sign of either of them. The, he... That son of a bitch. That crazy son of a bitch. Wherever he is, he may not be alive. No, no. No, he'll turn up. Few people could survive that jump. The odds would not even favor the most trained of us. No! He will turn up. He always does.
three weeks later. Center City, Mainland. Palm Free Park. Overlooking the Capital Line River. Friday, February 6, 2415. Pardon me, miss. Are you waiting for someone out here? Is there a problem? There could be. It's getting dark and this is a troubled area. For your own safety, you might consider moving along. There's no telling what kind of person might cross your path out here at night. That would be their misfortune. I'm FIS. I'm gonna pull out my badge, okay? Oh. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I thought you looked too well-dressed for this side of town. That explains it. I've been here for most of the day. We've been questioning homeless in the area. I assume you just came on shift. Yes, I did. Right. Uh, sorry to disturb you, Agent. Jules. I was going to give you another five minutes before I called. Did you get lost? I might as well have. We've done all we can for one day. A lot of people remember Captain Socrates on the streets. No surprise there. Only a few could recall Mr. Cook, or someone matching his description. The name meant nothing to them. Same here. I still think this is a good angle to turn up leads. We would have a lot more of them from the video archives if this were anybody else. Someone who showed up in images, yes. First couple weeks of this year spoiled us in the lead department. It's been so quiet since. Though I shouldn't complain about the lack of excitement. We need to find out what Cook's movements were between the time of the Harlan Hill escape in August and... Jules? Jules, what's up? Are you okay? <laughs> that depends on what I use as a frame of reference for okay. That sounds like something Agent Garrett would say. That's because it is something he said to me. He wasn't okay. No. No, it's plain to see. We all knew it. Yet we enabled him. I enabled him. Every time he pushed it too far, it was you who called him on it. You didn't enable him. His risk assessment was different. It was just a force of his nature. You can't stop the wind. Now who's enabling? And we assess risks based on what we have to lose. His work was all that he had left. Which is probably why he took the chance for it. And we've been talking about him in the past tense. He could still be out there. I thought we all agreed on that. Yes, we did. Based only on his implant being extracted. How else could that have happened but by Captain Socrates? We know that he can do it, even if we don't know how he does it. It's been three weeks. Nothing has turned up. If he was alive, he would have surfaced by now. His work was everything. Maybe he's still working. We won't know. Until we know.
Capital City. FIS Headquarters. Office of Assistant Director Alan Dockstader. Meeting with SIU 415-8. Monday, February 9th. Time, 9.16 a.m. But I can assure you, agents, that there has been nothing uncovered by the security department as to the whereabouts of Garrett or his condition. The lack of discovery in the days that have passed since the incident, 24 days now, I believe, this would be suggestive in an unfavorable way. However, there are the details that you outlined in your report on the 23rd, which postulates that they may both be alive. That is, both Agent Garrett and this Leonard Hale, a.k.a. Captain Socrates, who I've heard so much about in the past weeks, due in large to the unexplained phenomenon and evidence of these events. Now, before I go on, let me ask, are you still of the same mind on this? Yes. It's a possibility that shouldn't be disregarded. Agent Resnick? I don't know. If this was the world I knew before I worked with this unit, I, I would have said that neither of them could have survived the fall. Now, after the things I've seen, I've come to believe that anything is possible. You're on the fence. Good. Agent Zern, you look completely unconvinced. My colleagues had time to develop a relationship, um, well, well, I, I mean a connection, rather, to Agent Garrett that I did not. I feel they may be reading from this what they want to. They want to believe that he survived. I'm sure everyone in this room wants that, yourself included. Of course, I didn't mean to suggest that I didn't. I understood your intent. As a matter of fact, I think that your neutrality will be of benefit as a counterbalance in investigating his disappearance. An investigation that's already underway? Beg your pardon? Internal Affairs questioned us on Agent Garrett's character. I am aware and was informed that you were each cooperative with their inquiries. There may be an investigation by the internal investigation section, yes. As is procedure, allegations of misconduct in the field were reported to the OIG, who elected to kick it to the IIS, reserving the right to review and adjudicate any investigation. Why would I.I. investigate his disappearance? Only the matters of misconduct, Agent Briggs at the Nemtex incident in particular, but also his actions at Harlan Hill Sanitarium. And I said that there may be an investigation from that section, contingent on what new facts are found. You mean whether he is alive? Well, that is a factor, obviously. The bottom line, they delegated the investigation back to me for the time being. That case is now assigned to you. Do you think that's appropriate? Given the circumstances, and how it could relate to your other cases, yes. Yes, I do. I will forward the details to your inboxes later this morning. You want us to investigate his misconduct? So, if he is alive, they can hang him. Nice. They do expect a report when the investigation is complete, so they can review it. That will be forwarded to the OPR, who will likely adjudicate if the OIG opts out. Now, for reasons that I'm sure you can surmise, and reasons that I can't discuss, I'm in a difficult position. 
I know that I run the risk of seeming insensitive, but I need to tell it like it is. One way or the other, I don't see any possible future for Nick Garrett in the FIS. You'll have authorized access to his full records, files, correspondences, his residence, to whatever you need to investigate effectively. Unless there are any questions, that will be all. You are dismissed. Capital City, FIS Headquarters, Office of Special Investigative Unit 415-8, time 3.30 p.m. And I still think you're taking from it what you want to. Desire that he's still alive is getting in the way. It's causing too many presumptions. There is evidence that the captain can remove implants. His own? Yes. Only his own. You've forgotten about the others that he helped escape from Harlan Hill. We know for certain that Adrian Frick and Donald Jenkins had their patient IDs extracted in the same manner as the captain's. As if they had never been installed at all. I don't think that qualifies as inculpatory evidence. We're trying to be proactive. Why are you being obstructive? The alternative is we presume they're both dead and we wait and hope that remains turn up, which they never may. We've been over this, Zern. How else could you explain the extraction of Garrett's implant, if not by Captain Socrates? How? Okay. If that is the explanation, then the only thing that would tell us is that the captain is still alive and he has had access to Agent Garrett's person. It tells us nothing about Garrett's condition at the time. I'm trying to be objective. No matter what condition Agent Garrett was in, why would the captain do that? Why? Impulse. There doesn't need to be a rational decision involved. He and Garrett had a five-minute exchange. We don't know what was said on that ledge. If we did, I think it would shed light on what might have happened after. He could have done it for no other reason than it amused him. And we're to believe that's the same reason that he set everything into motion? Because it amused him? Now there's got to be more to it, and it's clear that he knows a lot more than he told us. He's been holding back all along. He's a co-conspirator with Mr. Cook. He was a facilitator. He intoned that he resented the world that had caused him pain enough to want to watch it burn. Mr. Cook had ambitions to destroy it, so the captain facilitated him by helping him escape so he could pursue his goals. Bonus points for setting a serial killer loose at the same time. Mr. Cook may have known about the artifact chamber beneath Harlan Hill, but had no opportunity to access it. That is, we until We searched he... the basement from end to end. There were no deviations from the building schematic. Nothing like what we saw in Sunset Bay. There were no doors or stairs that shouldn't have been there. We found nothing. No evidence. Only speculation. You're assuming that he needed to expose an entrance. We have compelling evidence that Socrates can move through physical barriers like they aren't there. If that's true, then he could have escaped custody at any time. While you're all speculating in useless circles, I may have a lead on the conspiracist front that I'm going to investigate. Which front? Related to the FRC group and the bishop? No, we were ordered to leave that alone, remember? This may be related to Mr. Cook. There was a murder in Angola, South Island that 
could point to a missing link between him and the San Julian cell. Angola? Why is that familiar? Uh, well, what's in Angola again? That's the area that Cook teleported to on New Year's, from the Vortex nightclub. I remember now. A uh, camera placed Melissa Parker in an alleyway at quarter after midnight on January 1st. It was at 12.20. Not far from there, around the same time, a woman was murdered in a dilapidated religious district. She wasn't found until two weeks later. Her name was Janet Cull. She worked with Zenas in the PR department. There's a corporate security task force now investigating her. There are suspicions of conspiracist ties. She worked for Zenas in Angola? Gino Coast Regional. All the way to the west. She was far from home. So you have proximity and time of death connecting her to Cook. Do you have anything more than that? I do. She was shot and her wounds were consistent with the same caliber gun that he used. Also, like the murder in the security guard in Sunset Bay, no bullets were found. Ah. That's definitely worth checking out. I'm going to look at the scene tonight, and I'm meeting with Angola counterterrorism first thing in the morning. I'm driving, so I'm heading out now. I need to swing by my apartment and get out of the city before rush hour You're hits. going alone? Yes, I've got this one. I'll keep everyone updated. Maybe one of us should go with him anyway. Do any of you know why Agent Garrett was researching a former FIS agent named Rupert Cantara? No, I don't believe so. I don't remember that name coming up. What are you looking at? His communications in the days leading up to his disappearance. I think Agent Garrett was keeping secrets. London, North Island, Beaded One Embassy, Clandestine Complex. illegal entities, clean-up of 21 environmental corruption events, and handled 25 information containment events in the field. These triumphs have been flawless, for which I must commend you. There were successes, but there were also failures. One failure is too many. I can do better. Oh, goodness, Agent Warren. You needn't condemn yourself when you have me to do it for you. If I deem the occasion appropriate. The situation with Agent Alistair, 45Q98, and the Paradox Artifacts presented a challenge. One without precedent. We still haven't located the Hexgate Disc Artifact or 93Q42. That the Captain has not surfaced is most curious, as well as the missing FIS agent, Nick Garrett. We have reason to believe that he too has not perished, unless a rejection caused his client to disconnect. Otherwise, we would have detected him in the guff. All clients end up in the guff when their entity dies. Indeed, if it's not caused by a rejection, or sudden death event, as it's more widely referenced. Not long ago, 
the Goth served as a waiting area for re-entry into Edict Zero. Rebirth when new client entities were generated. New children born. That process, like others, corrupted and was discontinued by the master program. Client entities are no longer born. Yes, that's correct. In time, there will only be natives on the five islands. As for clients, the trouble with the Goth is that it can only hold so many. Fortunately, we have maintained access. Unfortunately, each time we expand it, allocating more memory from limited resources, it is not long before it reaches maximum occupancy. A new, it's at that crucial time that there are losses. Because the guff is closed. Oh no, the guff is never closed. But when it has reached its limit, one occupant is pushed out for each new arrival. They become unanchored and spill back into Edict Zero as ghosts, spectators who can experience the world but cannot interact. They really are ghosts. Yes, they are without physicality and thus collision. However, they are not undying. Given their state, they are doubly susceptible to rejection. But our means of monitoring them is limited. This shade of existence was not intended. It's a byproduct of the malfunctioning guff. They can be heard in the data streams, and there are certain entity corruptions which can enable a native to hear them, such as the girl, 26A64, Melissa Parker. Agent Alistair, 45Q98. He used her to find the Hexgate disk because the ghosts could tell her. Yeah, that may be. Couldn't you use her again to locate it now? And Blackwell? Oh, she has been most uncooperative. But we have reason to believe that Blackwell is an asset of the DOI. To be more precise, the troublesome E1 Counterintelligence Division. We've seen a lot of movement in the field as of late. Yes, and I suspect that it's only the beginning. Windsor, Mainland, Southwest Capital Line Suburb, Wagoner Road, Southbound, Time, 4.23 p.m. And we did verify that the crime scene has remained undisturbed. It was in an old rectory that should have been raised a long while ago. That whole district is falling apart. I'm surprised that Zenas hasn't been more cooperative. You're surprised? Really? Uh, I guess not. They're practically their own intelligence agency at this point. Yeah, and in bed with E2. My SC's having a hell of a time with him. He was overdue for some humility, I think, OTR. Well, Zenas gave us some. More pending when their task force is ready to present. I'll fill you in tomorrow with S.A. Corgan. I, I assume you'll be into the island late. I'm headed there now. In fact, I'm about to lose you. There's a long tunnel ahead. 
Columbus Tunnel? I'm not on the expressway. I know a good shortcut through Windsor, hardly traveled. Easy if you know where you're going. I'll touch base later if you're up for a drink. Maybe. Agent Farrell, was it? That's right, Farrell like Harold. You have my number. I'm losing you, and you're gone. Okay, Mr. Carolyn. I see you in the rear view a little too long. Warning from system. Diagnostics has detected an engine problem and electrical What are you kidding me? It's a new car. Attention. Please pull to the side of the road and check transmission. I'm in a tunnel. There is no side of the road, you, you idiot. You assistance and transport to the nearest service station. An error report will be submitted to Xenas through Z-Link and remote override may be initiated. Nothing ever goes right, does it? Z-Link connection to base cannot be established. Transmitter error. Transmitter requires service from a licensed Xenas Corporation technician. Please call 1-909. Go Xenas to speak to a representative. The engine has disengaged. Hazard lights activated. Your vehicle will now be brought to a complete stop. That's just fantastic. Go. Go around. Go around! This is not right. All three of you stop and back up. FIS, I want to see all your hands out where I can see them. Right now! And then back out of the tunnel, slowly. You! Stop! Both of you get back into the vehicle. <laughs> Capital City, FIS Headquarters, Office of Special Investigative Unit 415-8. On the day of his disappearance, he received a message from the Edict One Embassy, thanking him for his attendance to a meeting with the ambassador. When did he have time to do that? What did it say? It's a form letter. No details. It has to be an error. I know he sent a request to meet with the E1 ambassador. <laughs> As if that would happen in a million years. It's odd going through Garrett's notes and correspondences. It feels like I'm violating him. It doesn't feel right at all. We also have access to all his properties. Everything. He is the subject of an investigation. Remind me to clean my place up before I ever go missing. <laughs> this agent's record reads so much like Garrett's that I have to wonder if it's a blood relation. What agents? The Kantar guy? Yes. Through his career, he was suspended many times. He had over a hundred letters of censure. The allegations of misconduct... Well, let's just say that he had Garrett beat five times over. His breaches of protocol were as numerous as the conflicts that he had with other agents. Those documented anyway. It's a safe bet that's the tip of the iceberg. There's transfer after transfer here. The FIS kept him in service because of an impeccable record as a case closer. Sound familiar? Could he have been some sort of role model? 
a hero to him, someone that he identified with. The parallels seem to be the only connection. He certainly couldn't have known him. <laughs> Rupert Cantara disappeared before Garrett was even born. He was a conspiracist profiler for the COD out of New York. He was suspended in 2374. Adverse action by the OPR for aiding an FRC group's activities. False reality group. There's a recurring theme here. Evidently, Kantara switched teams. He joined that group. Hang on. If Garrett already knew about him, why rattle Central Records so hard for info? He sent a request on January 9th and filed three complaints before the 14th when they finally got back to him. That says to me, urgency. He was hot on something. But was it related to our cases? It may not have been. It could have been personal. He first recorded the name on the 9th, the same day he ran a search and requested the records. No comment, except a link back to the note on the 3rd marked OTR. It only says, Roy D. Man in green suit. BR floats, turns. BR must stand for briefcase. The paradox artifacts float and turn. It looks like all his entries are short and disconnected like that. Only so he could jog his memory. What is Roy D? Or who? We were in North Island on the 9th. Garrett said that he had an informant who saw the briefcase bomb appear in Harborough. That could be him. I bet there's a lot of Roy D's in that neck of North Island. How far back did you look in his field notes? Before New Year's? Not yet. Why? Look at his entry on October 29th. What's there? He didn't just stumble on Lloydtown. Where Mr. Cook tested the briefcase artifact? He never did mention how he came upon that. And unnamed informant. Tuesday, October 29th. Anonymous. Possibly conspiracist. Untraceable paper left on car. It was a printout of a news article about an explosion in the abandoned warehouse on the 26th. The authorities had chalked it up to vandalism. Who... who would have wanted him to know? Good afternoon. Assistant Director. Agents. I could have swiped my card and entered, but I didn't want to barge in while you were working. There has been a development, and I wanted to let you know in person. Did they find Agent Garrett? No. But the DOS found the only other means of tracking him through Amos. Naval recovered his pistol from the bottom of the York Channel. It may have been unholstered or came unholstered when he entered the water. They just found it now? Twelve days ago. But I only learned of it an hour ago. I thought you would want to know. That is all. As you were. Something's up with Doc Stater. Excuse me for a moment. Agent Kircher. You didn't mention that you ordered a fitness for duty evaluation of Agent Garrett. To you? No, I did not. 
It was scheduled for the 27th of January. You ordered it on the 12th, and you informed him on the 13th, the day before we went to Harlan Hill, and he disappeared. That's also correct. Is there a problem, Agent? In my years of experience, an agent notified of an FFDE is barred from working in the field until the eval is complete. That's the common practice. In my years of experience, there are exceptions depending on the circumstances. It was left to my discretion, which I exercised. Poorly, as it turns out. His work was all he had. There was a good chance that was going to be taken away and he had to know it. I know what you're suggesting. Do you? He should not have been in the field. He was irresponsible and maybe, just maybe... He wouldn't have jumped. If you're blaming yourself and you want to assign it to me, do so. If it helps you in some way, while you carry on with the investigation. I regret the decision. But I thought I made the best choice at the time. I am not infallible. I know that. I was in a delicate position. I believed it was for the good of the unit, considering all other factors. What do you mean, delicate position? What aren't you telling us? I have good reasons to believe that this unit is onto something, Agent Kircher. Something important. That your work is worth protecting. I do not want to see it swept under a rug. I... I see. Try to have a good evening. Location unknown. Time unknown. there. What's this about? Of all the interpretations of our existential purpose that I've heard over the years, one of my favourites is that we are the introspection of a blind god. We are the inward-looking eyes of a sentient lonely universe whose greatest wish is to know itself, to see its own stars, see its beauty. But we both know that these words could never be said of this universe, don't we, Agent Zern? And who are you? I'm at a disadvantage. More than you know. What do you want from me? I don't want your trust. That wouldn't be realistic. I'll settle for an understanding. If someone were tracking you at this moment through the FIS Armos, they would find you travelling to Angola 
in South Island just as planned. It's a transmitter that mimics your implant down to the small details. It says you're calm right now, relaxed. Travelling with this decoy is your weapon, phone and other devices. They cannot pinpoint you here. And where is here? Nowhere. I might have guessed. If we hadn't taken those precautions I mentioned, you would have disappeared completely. For 10 or 15 minutes, not a worry. Longer, however, that could be a problem for you. Agent Dockstader is suspicious of you and has made inquiries. I could give him an earful, if motivated to do so. I don't know what you're talking about. I wouldn't fret much about that. Having your cover blown to the FIS will be the least of your worries by the time we're through for today. The Edict 1 Embassy monitors its operatives in more ways than Edict 3. In those ways, you have disappeared. There are raised eyebrows right now in North Island at the least. Again, I don't know what you're talking about. You think this is a test? Why shouldn't you? They tricked you before. During Operation Troy, you were led to believe that you had been recruited by the Intelligence Department. It was Joint DOI, yes. They also had an agent of influence within the Order of the Watchtower. His disguise wasn't as extensive as yours. We are aware that a face can be reshaped, but that's a trick we have yet to work out. You... we? You said we? You're DOI? Right, of course, who else could you be? The possibilities might surprise you. I have nothing to say. I'll start with something easy. Special Agent Nick Garrett. What about him? His disappearance is questionable. The particulars of it. They're almost too outlandish to be true. A bit more than almost, I think. It's awfully convenient, and I have seen more than a few staged suicides in my time. His history made him the perfect candidate for that method of... Uh, disposal, as a matter of fact. There was nothing fabricated about that night I was there. Yes, you were. I wasn't involved. Ah, you see? We do have things to talk about after all. Not anymore we don't. Do uh, whatever you have to do. I'm done talking. Then you are going to be here for an awfully long time. Drummond, Mainland. Northeast of Capital City. Hammett Street Apartments Complex. Apartment 42. Residence of FIS Special Agent Nick Garrett. Time, 7.21 p.m. Again, I feel like I'm violating him by going into his place like this. This could have waited till tomorrow. You didn't have to come with me. I had no other plans. Is there a manager system in service here? Uh, apparently not. I don't care for them myself. 
this is a very small apartment. One that he never dusted. It's what I expected. He was hardly ever here from the looks of it, except the crash. Doesn't look lived in at all. This is a closet. With identical suits. Other than this room and that small bathroom, this is it. It's like a prison cell with a kitchenette. There's no bedroom. It's not necessary. That couch is a futon that folds out, even if he bothered to do that. This is an efficiency. Nothing more than he needs. I get it. This explains why Agent Resnick couldn't link up with his home system. It was powered down. Look at that. I'm surprised that he has pictures on the wall. Yeah, family pictures. Who are they, though? I don't recognize them from his files. Well, it could have been creepier if the frames were blank, but not by much. What do you mean? The photos came with the frames. Why would he... The frames could have come with the apartment, along with the cheap furnishings. He had more belongings in his car than what's here. He must keep everything else at his cabin house in Brixton Point. Cora connected with the HMS there and downloaded the log. He didn't spend any time there, either. Would you? His wife and daughter died there. There is nothing here, in his car, or on his computers that would remind him. He avoids it. And, and he avoids the shrine in Brixton Point. He's only visited three times in the past three years. Around the same date? Yes, the anniversary. There's something about those anniversaries. Yes, yes there is. Do they still bother you? I would like to say no. But they do. I know they did five years ago. And I'm sorry about what I did back then. Trying to figure out what was wrong. Oh, don't worry about that. It doesn't matter. The past is in the past. Not always. And that's just the point. I didn't know. It wasn't my business to know. I just knew you were upset and you shut me out. I was worried about you. But that still didn't give me the right to look into your past. It wasn't my business. I'm sorry. I just want to say that I'm sorry. I'm sorry too. Thank you. Uh. Maybe that's Zern, finally. He hasn't answered since four o'clock? Not his phone. There was one message earlier. It only said they had left the mainland. No, not Zern. It was Agent Resnick. She suggested that we talk to Agent Braddock, who could be of some help. He is the closest thing that Garrett had to a friend. Still no Zern. Give it more time. He might wait to touch base until he's reached Angola. 
and I still don't like that he went alone. You really don't trust him? No, I don't. And neither did Garrett. Location. Unknown. Time. Unknown. You look uncomfortable. What do you think? I imagine you've been mulling over your situation. I can guess at a few of the concerns weighing on your mind. For example, as I told you, they cannot monitor you. Not your thoughts, your conversations, not where you are, not here. They who? There's another concern that would keep you from speaking freely. Our mutual friend, the Ambassador, can read thoughts. He can also read memories. You know this by now, undoubtedly. You might even have learned this the hard way. The Ambassador? The Edict One Ambassador? Are you serious? Anything said in this room, he would know before long. Also, you have good reason to fear. That's what keeps you in check. You have no loyalty. Not to the Edict One Embassy, probably not to Edict Three, possibly not to anyone but yourself. If you know all the answers, why do you need me to say anything? It must have been a strange journey for you, all this. Your life. When did it start? When did it really start? My wager? The death of your sister. Leave her out of this. Sweet, innocent Isabel. She was sitting right next to you when it happened. It must truly be a horrible memory. I don't know what your strategy is bringing up my little sister, but it's not doing you any favours with me. Random accidents are the hardest to make sense of. It might have been easier if it was related to your father being governor. No, it was wrong place, wrong time. It happened for no reason. It happened because conspiracists were fleeing police. A reckless high-speed chase. You could have focused on the aggressive tactics of the police. It was a cruiser that collided with your mother's car, after all. Your interrogation technique needs more work. Your personal interest in conspiracism set you on a road. How odd it must have been to travel that road, only to find that the crazy conspiracists were not so crazy. It all went downhill from there, correct? And now, you're stuck, Agent Zern. Stuck in a difficult situation. I'm the one who's going to help you out of it. One way or the other. You mean other than this situation? Where you have me prisoner? You were a prisoner already. And what do you mean you're going to help me out of it? It's already done. Relax, at least for now. I'll expound. We devised a method of making entities unreadable to the Ambassador, Embassy operatives and their instruments. It's a deliberate corruption of certain variables that can only be fixed through Edict Zero itself. The Master Program. They don't have that level of access anymore. No one does. I don't... want to know. It's important that you know. After all, we performed it on you. You did what? 
I am also unreadable. It's of great annoyance to him. He will know at once what was done to you and by whom, and that is all he'll know. He will not know what was said in this room. He will not have a means to read your thoughts or memories. Now that's providing that they never find a way to fix the error. If that happens, then, then that's trouble for all of us. Huh, that's some imagination you have. Have you ever thought of writing a novel? <laughs> you still think this is a test? Well, you're giving me your words. Words are only words. You'll have the proof you need that what I say is true after I release you. Your next encounter with the Ambassador will be demanding. It may end poorly for you, to be honest. I... Why did you... Why would you do this to me? I have an effective deterrent against any harsh action. In your case, there is a gamble. I deemed it worth taking. How kind of you to decide for me. The Ambassador can be a sporting fellow. Your odds of survival are reasonable. If he takes no action, then it will be with the understanding that you are now one of mine. One of yours? As in DOI? E1 counterintelligence. Precisely. And in this imaginary scenario you've created, if he does take action, I'll be terminated. Oh, no. I would be if I were in your shoes. That's because I'm a native. You're a client. You do understand the difference. This world was made for clients. Even though being a client assures you certain protections, there are worse shades of existence than not existing at all. I wish you all the best of luck with whatever the Ambassador decides. What do you want from me? What do you want? There's no need to upset yourself. Your odds are good. In fact, it may be just the sort of thing that he wanted for you. Now you're making no sense at all. I want you to think about this. If I can tell that you're an unwilling participant, governed not by loyalty, or by cause or principle, but by survival, the Ambassador certainly could. Without question. So why keep you? And why give you such an important assignment? Why you, Agent Zern? Why you? Food for thought. Capital City. Federation Drive. The Octagon Tavern. Time, 11.45 p.m. Hey, Tin Can Man. Hey, Tin Can Man. I need another 49er. I am not a man, or a can, or made of tin. My protective platings and other cosmetic details consist of several aluminum alloys. Polyethylene yeah, terabyte. yeah, yeah, just give me another beer. This establishment cannot service you for another 56 minutes and 29 seconds. What? As you have been dispensed the maximum allowable alcohol in a three-hour period according to mainland state guidelines. Say what? We thank you for your business. If you are driving a vehicle, 
Please leave your keys with the controller. No. Now wait a minute. I. Hey. Hey. Can't we talk about this? I hate robots. I thought I would find you here. <laughs> yeah. Well, the circus freak show wasn't taking applications. How has your physical therapy been? And your arm? Oh, this one. It works fine. Never better. Oh, you mean the other one? Well, that's not there anymore. Instead, I've got this glitchy contraption that's a two-ton dead weight. Occasionally, it does things. Like this. I call that the bird. Very mature. It's a start, ain't it? It will take time to become accustomed to it. Greetings, patron. How may we serve you? I won't be having anything. I don't drink. How about a glass of peach soda from the fountain? No, thank you. I don't want anything. I'm not staying. What medications are you on? <laughs> None of your business. Before you ask, I didn't drive here. In fact, I can't drive till I get better control over this piece of shit. You took the train? Yeah. I'll give you a ride home. We need to talk. Talk about what? Is it about Garrett? Is there news? Is there news about Garrett? He hasn't been found, but we've been investigating. We'll talk on the way. Who said I was ready to leave? Please. Uh. This is some misguided effort to make me feel useful. Please spare me the treatment. He had no other friends and was close to no one. We barely talked for years, up until last month. Night of the Center City bombing. <laughs> There's no one else. You still know him best. <sighs> You're probably right. Nick doesn't change much. It's one of the things you can count on about him. You have known him since high school, you said? No, we go back farther than that. I had trouble picturing you as friends. You are both so different. I met Nick when we were in fourth grade. Or maybe I should say that's when I first talked to him. Up to then, I only knew him as the weird kid. He would sit on a bench by himself during recess while the rest of us ran amok on the playground. I remember the introverted kids. He didn't look lost in his own little world or anything. He was watching. He watched everybody. Every beat that he could take in. Knowing the man he became, this does not surprise me. There was a bully by the name of Sean Derry that singled him out. What Nick did to bring it on, I don't remember, but <laughs> I can guess that it was something that Nick said. He always had that way. Bullies don't need excuses to be bullies. Right. And it may have been that Nick was just a target of opportunity. One day after school, 
Derry and his cronies caught up with him while he was walking home. They surrounded him, they pushed him around, they talked smack like kids do. Nick didn't show any fear. He might not have even had any. I'm sure through the eyes of Derry this made him look bad in front of his buddies. So he took it up a notch with his fists. You weren't one of the bullies? No. I had better taste in friends. When I came on the scene, I didn't do anything at first. I had a healthy fear of those guys. I was by myself. I was just a kid. We all were. By the time I showed up, though, the mood was changing. Sean Derry's friends were trying to get him to stop. Agent Garrett, Nick, he was injured? Yeah. He had blood gushing from his nose. It was all over his face that had already started to puff up. But there weren't tears in his eyes. There was... Oh, I'll never forget it as long as I live. I don't think anyone else who was there will either. There was a... A fascination. The more riled the dairy became, the more desperate he became to get the things that fed him. The more that fascination flickered and grew in Nick's eyes. It was out of place. Out of time. It was almost... Alien on a kid's face. What made it even more unsettling is that Nick didn't say a damn word. Not a damn word. Yet you became friends. It was weird. But it was also pretty cool. And I did intervene. When Derry wanted to turn on me, his friends, followers, I'd say. They held him back and they whisked him off. After they left, I helped Nick up and I helped him collect all his stuff from his backpack. It was scattered all over the place on the ground. I asked him if he was okay. Pretty stupid stock question, but really, what else are you going to say? That's when he looked at me, all serious and pensive. And he said, Oh, I'm fine. That boy isn't. He needed to do that. He needs someone to hurt like him. He wants to be his daddy. Fourth grade. Fourth grade. If you weren't drunk, you probably wouldn't have shared that with me. That sounded very personal. I don't think he'd care. If I did, I wouldn't have told you about it. You still have feelings of loyalty toward him. I'm his friend. Oh, shit. If I can help in some way, find out what happened, I will. Would he do the same for you? I don't know. And that doesn't matter. 
much longer are you going to keep me here? You'll be leaving shortly. Our time together today has ended. I do wish you well. That's it? Are you disappointed? Were you hoping for a spot of torture, or has my company grown on you? But I didn't tell you anything. You told me enough for right now. There will be time to talk of other matters at a later date. You'll be seeing me again, or so I hope, for your sake. It all depends on the Ambassador. The next move is his. I don't have any allegiance to you or the DOI. I don't require that. Allegiance is overrated. It's a fickle thing that can't be guaranteed. Responsibility, necessity, a healthy fear of repercussions, consequences, that's what rules our lives. I didn't ask for any of this. You can tell the Ambassador all about our meeting. However, you have a much better hand to play than that. Play it well. He won't be able to read you. Test it. This is ridiculous. Keep in mind that I can blow your cover at any time. We also know that you were the operative who compromised the scene in Gleeds and impersonated Agent Garrett. There's much that I know. Assistant Director Dockstader and the other agents in the unit which you've infiltrated, they would find the intelligence we have very illuminating. You will do nothing to interfere with that unit's work. Is that an order? It's a threat that I'll make good on. Orders come later, if you're still in a condition to receive them. Goodbye for now. What are you doing? You know how this works. Your location is sensitive. You need a nap. You'll wake in South Island. Sweet dreams, Agent Cern. Angola, South Island, Federal Building, Parking Garage. Tuesday, February 10th, 2415. Time, 6.03 a.m. said. This is my life. Thank you for listening to this episode of Edict Zero FIS. Music and ambience heard on the show come from Kevin McLeod, Nine Inch Nails, Jason Shaw, Matthew G. Davidson, Natalie Nicole Gilbert, ERH, How to Destroy Angels, Josh Woodward, Machinimasound.com, Salatus, Hungry Lucy, Tom Cusack, 50 Foot Wave, Revel 9, Outro, Christian Hirsch, and Dogstick Walker. Other music and sound effects come from public domain show producer and Slipgate 9 studio resources, as well as material released freely on the internet through such venues as the Internet Archive. Look to the show credits on the website for more information. This episode is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 3.0 Unported License. 
For more information on Edict Zero FIS, visit its home at edictzero.wordpress.com. Thank you for listening.